0: Hola, you're listening to In Your Piel, or In Your Skin, a skincare podcast highlighting POC estheticians, beauty professionals, and everything in between. I'm your host, Claire, and I'm here to help you feel empowered, find services near you, and learn about other POC beauty professionals that are doing big things in the industry. I'm an esthetician, digital marketer, polyglot, and I'm obsessed with all things globalization and skincare. I founded the brand Beauty Trausia, where I share skincare tips in a multilingual context and I met so many amazing aestheticians of color in the process. Finding beauty professionals of color is a common struggle on social media. And for this reason, I'm looking to highlight those that may look like you and can resonate with the struggles of being a POC in industries where inclusivity isn't always top of mind. This is a space where I look to share their story, new product launches, and talk about what we love most in the industry. If you're ready to find beauty professionals that can resonate with your story and maybe learn bits of a foreign language when possible, you are on the right show. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of In Your PL Podcast. Today I'm very excited because the the esthetician I'm in, interviewing does a kind of different treatments from... From the estheticians that I've interviewed in the past, and I'm very excited to introduce you all to Tai Shea. She runs Don't be Don't be shy, Don't be shy <laughs> glam parlor. She's based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she offers waxing, vegetials, laser, intimate bleaching, and all sorts of interesting treatments and treatments that are important for for women of color. So, welcome to the podcast.
1: <laughs> Hi, how
0: are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm very excited to hear more of you and share your story and just I'm very impressed with you. You have a very impressive social media account. And why don't we get things started by you telling us a bit more about how you got started in the industry? What made you want to become an esthetician?
1: Okay. So, um I became an esthetician in 2018. Uh, originally, I did lash extensions. Um, I was working, working at call centers, and then I think I took a lash class probably 2017. Um, just looking at Instagram at that time, I was like, uh, "Which what could I do that's going that's going to be endless?" And I'm like, "Okay." And I just immediately thought, like, celebrities always get lash extensions, so I know that's money. So let me do lash extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started researching that. I took a certification, not the real class. I thought I was going to be able to do it. And I later found out that I had to become an esthetician. So at, at work, I would be like, I worked at Teletech at the time, it was the call center located in Charlotte. Um, I was like researching esthetician schools and I, I came across a I eventually enrolled in a and My whole life, like everything changed. Uh Once I didn't even know an esthetician has so many jobs you can do within. So I just thought I was going to get a a license for my lashes. I ended up doing waxing. I hated it in school. So crazy. I didn't want I didn't want nobody to wax me. I didn't want my classmates to wax me. I didn't want to wax anyone. I might have missed that day in school too. It's kind of like <laughs> you don't want them to see that. Yeah. So all of the teacher was like, okay, guys, so we're gonna at this point you're gonna stop shaving for four weeks. I'm like, why? I'm i I just came in here to get my license. They're like, We're gonna wax, we're gonna have somebody <laughs> from European wax center come. So I didn't like waxing in school. I got a wax in school, and my classmate she waxed my vagina lips together. (sighs) That sucked. I had a crazy experience. So still didn't want to wax. Um, Still wanted to do lashes at the at the time. Then it was towards the end of the um the school year, and we were doing like you know job applications. We were going to go see different spas, and I really wanted to work in a med spa. I applied for all the spas we went to go see, and the um all I applied for all the places we went to go see. It was wax centers, spas, the lash places. Um just to see where I'd get because I needed a job. And ironically, the only jobs that hired me were wax centers. Mm-hmm. So then at that point I did mainly waxes and, and I just I just started liking it. It became so cool to me to the point where I didn't I didn't like doing lashes no more.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and I feel like there's always money in that, especially because you live in the south and people are wearing less clothing year-round because it's warmer out and people want to show off their legs and they want to go to the beach and they don't want to be, look like Chewbacca. So I feel like there's always money.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then the fact that I didn't even know, I knew nothing about wax. I knew nothing about skincare before um, I became an esthetician. So that w- that was just interesting, me, interesting to me in, uh, in that aspect because I feel like everybody knows about lash extensions. Mm-hmm. And so nobody knew about Wax in their vagina to keep the ingrowns away, to keep mm-hmm. your skin smooth. So that was intriguing for me. Yeah. So why don't you tell us
0: a bit more about, while we're on the topic, what made you interested in vaginal health and treatments? I know it's common for women of color, If you the more melanin you have in your skin, the more likely you are to some hyperpigmentation and some spots. Even if you go to the best lash, the best waxer, you can still get some ingrowns if you're not very meticulous with your home care, and just maybe you could talk about what what made you interested specifically in in doing that.
1: Yes, I definitely feel like people of color in general they don't know because even men come get wax, Um they don't know they didn't they don't know how to maintain their skin. I do I do think that other races, what I noticed in school, like just being up the observant person I am, and just watching like how. People of color have conversations and how other races have Mm conversations. I noticed like more Caucasian women, because I went to, Aveda is predominantly white. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of Caucasian women love them um, that I was cool with. But just seeing their lifestyle, they had already had facials, waxing. Botox, fillers, all of that was already in their monthly bills. Like they mm-hmm. literally already had that out. And I feel like as Black people, we kind of look at that as like a luxury or a privilege. Mm-hmm. If you have some extra money, let me go get my lashes done. If I have some extra money, let me go take care of my skin. Mm-hmm. So that is what made me really want to get into it and try to teach other people, especially mm-hmm. my people, about like just taking care of yourself. And that's something I feel like as Black people, we deal with a lot. Even now, me waxing them, I see a lot of females that are wax, you know, they're insecure about their um, vagina because they didn't know. We didn't know about mm-hmm. waxing. And I feel like then, like, just, like I said, just being observant of, um, of the people I went to school with, they already, their daughters and stuff had started getting waxed at 12, 13. They were already in wax and taking their daughters to get waxed. Well, as far as like us of color, we're, we're picking up a razor. Mm-hmm. We don't know because it's cheaper. Yeah. It, your mom wouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to go pay for a $60 wax and you're 13. That's not something, you know, Yeah, <laughs> that's not something we grew up on or knowing. No. So um, that, mm-hmm. I, that I, I like that I can be the face of that and, t- and tell other people and help them, help them feel more secure within their self and educate them because we need to know that, you know, skincare is not a luxury. It's not a privilege. It's something you have to do to maintain your skin. And then another reason is I feel like a lot of people of color, you know, we're raised on Dove. We're raised on all the stuff that we found, at, that our parents found affordable at the time, what they could mm-hmm. afford. So mm-hmm. a lot of people I noticed of color in school, we were washing our face with Dove.
0: Mm-hmm. Including me. By
1: yeah. yeah, I didn't know anything about skincare prior to being an esthetician. So we're washing our face with Dove. Well, so meanwhile, they have a whole... They have a whole special. whole routine
0: and yeah, yeah. Like hundreds of dollars.
1: They're already stepped in. I was, I was like- the
0: same, yeah. I was the same way. I before I became an esthetician, I had really bad cystic acne and like I was trying everything. I tried that that horrible, horrible Aztec clay mask that you can get at the the drugstores. It just dries the dries the f out of your skin. And, like, it just made my my barrier all irritated. And then when I finally went for a facial, the esthetician pulled me aside. She's like, what have you been using on your face? It's so dry and dehydrated. And I'm just like, I didn't know. I should have found you sooner. But I just didn't know.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and then you just realize how that point you just notice, like, okay. And then also, like, triggers a point, like, when. I like that I'm an esthetician now because now I can teach my daughter. When I have a daughter, I don't have okay. any kids now. But I would let I would definitely like if she was hairy, I would definitely tell her, like, no, I would wax you or I will take you to get a wax. Like start her on that early.
0: And I like the fact
1: that so you have your
0: own business and you don't have to you can I feel like when you're when you have your own business you have bills to pay and obviously you have to set specific prices. However, you understand what it's like in the community and growing up and thinking your razors is your only option. So maybe you can have promotions for the community or charge maybe a little less than the European wax centers or the other places so that you can bring more people in and you can teach them and it can still be within their budget. So I think that that's a benefit of kind of being your own boss is you can kind of address the needs of your community. And, not adju- not necessarily adjust your prices because you have to have a flourishing business and you have to make a lot of money. That's the point. But I feel like you can be, be a kind of a beacon of light for the the community and teach people and offer services. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, no, I'm impressed. That's, with-
1: that's <laughs> my secret, though. That's my secret. So if you're listening, that's you always want to be cheaper than the wax center because if you feel if if I feel like um you're higher than the wax center and one you have to book an appointment with me so you're already less convenient than a wax center and then your prices are higher even though you have quality work i still feel like i would never be higher than european wax center. even when yeah. i attend, i will never go higher than them because that'll keep the business coming in and then like i said people that i know can afford me and it'll be, bring more people of color um, exactly
0: then word of mouth will help you
1: yeah absolutely
0: and maybe you could talk about, um, so you have 11K followers on Instagram and you were telling me before we recorded that they kind of something that happened overnight. Maybe you can tell us the story of, of what video really helped you go viral so that other people that are listening that you could kind of try the same techniques.
1: <laughs> so crazy part about it is it was, it was one point where I was just so TikTok. In a TikTok frenzy, I wanted to learn all the dances and incorporate it and went waxing. So I keep doing trends. I keep doing the trending. And I'm like, uh, like that's always been my goal. When I first started, Like I would write down my notes. i write down my monthly goals, my yearly goals. And I always wanted to have oh, 10K followers. I thought that was just something. I thought it brings more light to your business, which it does. Um, ironically, so I'm trying to keep up with the trends. I literally one day... Not a trending video, not a trending sound on TikTok. I make a video and I'm I'm waxing my arm just like a smooth strip. And I'm like, um, when you say you haven't shaved, but I know you shaved. And then I'm like waxing, rolling in my eyes, literally. And that video is what took me. I had probably almost 4K followers at the time. I went from 4K to 10K just that fast. Like literally overnight people, it was so many shares, so many reposts and like other waxers reposting it. And then it was like, even my clients posting it laughing. And it was a video that I didn't even try that hard for that made my page get to where it's at. And it's like, now that I try to do, I still try to do the trendy stuff. I'm like, Oh, I'm trying to get more followers. It's like the video I did just being myself is what got me exposure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. I'm trying to do less of the trends and more just kind of talking and sharing my expertise with people because that's why I made my platform. I like teaching people and I like just kind of being a voice for the community in a certain sense because there's a lot of pages that just they give bad information and they have hundreds of thousands of followers and they're just, their advice is garbage and their advice is harmful and there's a lot of people that believe them and they trust them and they're just, they're going to screw up their skin. So that's yeah. a topic for a different time. But social media is a weird place and anything can happen and we don't know when. But yeah, uh, maybe you could talk about some of the, the biggest concerns you see for women of color in skincare. You were talking earlier how um, using budget budget products and remedies, because that's what we had, that's what we knew. But is there anything else that you see within the women of color community, specifically if you want to speak to the Black community? It'd be interesting to hear your your thoughts.
1: Yes. Um, what I've noticed from waxing women of color um, is most of us, we genetically have ingrown hairs. A mm-hmm. lot of people don't realize that. When Of course, when you go into a service provider, you, you think, oh, I'm going to get waxes by her and she's going to clear everything up. Sometimes, you know, you're ingrown prone and that's just running your genes, your family. That may be something you have to ask your family member, members because that's not something, of course, you're not just discussing at the table. Oh, I get uh, ingrowns on my vagina all the time. <laughs> so that might be something you have to really ask your mom and grandma if they experience too and to find out if it's genetic. Because yeah. you, I can tell you the at-home remedies you can do, and I can tell you to get wax every month, and you still make it ingrown. So I don't want people to, especially people of color, they feel like when they get service, you know, they don't kind of understand that part about service. Mm-hmm. That They feel like when they get service, automatically all your problems are gone. That's not it. On top of, of you exfoliating and maintaining your waxes, you need to find out that information. Also, um, a lot of people of color experience HS. um, I don't want to mess it up it's so long the the real like the real name for it um mm-hmm. hs no it's not herpes simplex because i had <sighs> I, I had one of my clients i told her you know you kind of i can't diagnose you, i'm not a doctor but i deal with so many hs um people of color so i kind of know what it looks like and i told her like she might have it you know go to the doctor and he told her that I was telling her she had herpes simplex. So no. just want to throw that out there, not herpes simplex, it's <laughs> HS, hydranitis. It's, it's a long thing, HS. Um, a lot of people of color have that. And it's kind of hard to deal with. And, and they don't have any. I noticed the dermatologists really don't have any medication for it. They give you like natural antibiotics that could work for anything. They literally have the clients I do have that go to dermatologists. They're given broad spectrum antibiotics that, that mm-hmm. help with yeast infections bacterial infections and it's not it doesn't it's it's not specific to that issue so I want to say with that um, you know maintain your waxes or laser hair removal or um, find your triggers to help with that so, to so you can experience less flare-ups um, and yeah put the razor down <laughs> yes put the razor down. And find you just have to find quality skincare products, like find something that stick with you. Like I said, a lot of people of color grew up on Dove. So every day I have somebody comes and if they have HS, yeah, I only use Dove sensitive um, for my skin. That's the only thing that works. No, it's not. That's the only thing you feel as that works. You haven't tried other skincare products and people don't know that you have to try multiple skincare products it's not you just try one and then it's perfect your whole skin routine is perfect you have you might have to switch out the cleanser switch out the exfoliator switch out the toner this may work this might not work skincare is high but once you find your what works for you you're good
0: skincare is a personalized experience i was just talking about i was just making a tick tock about that well, yeah, once you find your perfect match, then you're golden and you're going to be so happy. Maybe you could share a couple of tips for aftercare after our, after our listeners. Maybe people can't come to, to Charlotte, North Carolina to come see you, but they know... Based on, based on the internet, they want to hear more from you. They want to hear more tips. What tips would you share so that people can take care of their skin properly after a treatment? It could be waxing. It could be the, the intimate bleaching. Based on the services you you offer, what are some of your aftercare tips?
1: Definitely after waxing, you want to stay out of the sun for at least 24 hours. No tanning, none of that. No going out on the beach. Um, you don't even want to wear... Uh, bathing suit because it's so tight on the area. You kind of want to let that area breathe, mm-hmm. which is why the biggest thing that uh, waxers say that nobody likes, no sex. Even though they don't listen, um, you don't want to cause any friction on your vaginal area, especially while your pores are open. Mm-hmm. No fragrance products. Um, you, I always... Um, Promote natural skincare because I try to use natural, natural um, soaps and cleansers versus mm-hmm. Dove and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, natural skincare. Exfoliating yourself three times a week. People do do not get that part that you you got it with the wax and you're coming to me every month, but you have to remember you have to exfoliate three times a week,
0: mm-hmm. two
1: to three times depending on the severity of your ingrowns, I should say. And that is the major point. With bleaching, you can't be out in the sun um, at least for a week because it's basically like a chemical peel. So you're going to be peeling, and you want to keep your um, vaginal area moisturized by any moisturizer you have. And, yeah.
0: Those are great tips. Uh, what do you want to see change in the industry? I know there's a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of brands that are problematic, and there's a lot of just noise right now. <laughs>
1: <It does. laughs> Social media is crazy and the skincare. I'm, I have a whole separate like TL of skincare Twitter. Now that they updated Twitter is like you could have like a group and it's a separate TL. So I have a skincare Twitter TL. And I like I agree with what you were saying. Like these these celebrities have such a big influence that automatically when they drop something in their skincare line, people are going to them and purchasing them thinking they're going to be a good skincare line. And the first product, when you look at the ingredients, alcohol. Yeah. You shouldn't even buy it, but olive uh, oil. <laughs> so, it's, and of course, you're gonna listen to Kylie or somebody over me. You what you you're gonna think? Oh, she knows because she has more of a following. She has more money. She has. You're gonna think she has more access to you know uh, knowledge and stuff, but that's neither here or there. I don't, I don't believe in like the celebrity skincare. So I wish that would change because they really don't know, or even influencers. Cause I kind of go on YouTube and I look at like, what's the trending videos. And then I look at their daily, like, I'm going to post a video about my personal care routine. And I, and I look at other people's and I'm like, ah, their first one, they're, they're exfoliating with tree hut and they're using the, the, <laughs> a strawberry pineapple mango on their face and it's just like no and then uh, making course, a smoothie on their face yes <laughs> a, of course they have a lot of subscribers so people are going to follow that people and people trust them but yes, yeah it's the influencers right now even if they
0: have a line at Sephora and they're an influencer like they don't know what they're doing They yeah. Google in all their stuff before they make their videos and, uh,
1: exactly be and careful
0: then- who you trust your, trust with your skin
1: right and i just want us to come together the esthetician community because i feel like we come together and speak like when us influence drops a incorrect information we should all come together and be like no mm-hmm. and so that way they believe the estheticians over mm-hmm. the, the influencers because Well, I should say like celebrities and stuff because you could be an influencer and esthetician. But we
0: went to school and they didn't. And it's not fair that they're getting
1: all the free stuff. (laughs) Exactly. We need to be the ones getting the free stuff to promote so we can actually, but I think that's why like the bigger companies, they don't really send to estheticians if you notice, like some, depending on if your following is big, but they won't really send it to someone who specialized and went to school and really has knowledge of skincare because we're, you, you have to pay to tell a review. And if you tell There's the review. There's no ROI you, for them. to yeah, tell it. yeah. It's like she might say, oh, the, these all these ingredients are bad. It could go bad for the company versus somebody yeah. who doesn't know and who just wants to get paid and celebrity and has a lot of followers. They're going to say, yes, use it for your skin like the Aveeno baby wipes. Oh they want God.
0: somebody with blinders on them.
1: So. Yes. That's that them. trend was killing me. Everybody come in and my clients, uh-huh, I'm using the baby wipes to, to cleanse my skin. It's just like. No. Then after that, it was like immediately after, and now everybody's breaking out on social media. I
0: I always tell my followers that DIY really stands for damage you inflict upon yourself. So, oh, that's a good
1: one. I have (laughs) to steal that.
0: (laughs) You can steal that, but just give me credit. (laughs) Yeah. And so, Taishi, to finish up, maybe you can talk about how we can support you. You already have a lot of followers, but do you offer virtual consults or do you have an online store for your products? Or how can people that aren't based in, in Charlotte come and support you
1: um, I have plenty of things you can support me on. I have a YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and share. I do um, lifestyle beauty kind of I record my life. Then I do some skincare, some waxing on there, everything all around. That's Don't Be Shy Glam Parlor on YouTube. Uh, follow me on Instagram is Don't Be Shy Glam Parlor. Everything's simple. I could try to keep my name on the same. My website is do not Be Shy Parler, um, dot com. I have gloves you can exfoliate with. I sell waxing products. I have my own wax um, for other expedition, waxing um, pots, things of that nature. And Look yeah. at you. And then on TikTok, Don't Be Shy Glam Parlor. I'm easy to find.
0: You. Consistent. I like that. Yep. All right. Well, I love this interview, and you can stay tuned for new episodes every Friday. And I look forward to introducing you to more amazing women of color in beauty because it's a it. I feel like it's it's a. It's information that's falling through the cracks, and it shouldn't because. Women of color have a lot of spending power and we need to be able to find professionals that look like us, that understand us. And we're doing, I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can to help close that gap. So I appreciate all of you for your support and I look forward to the next episode. So have a great day. Bye. Thanks. I hope that this episode was both entertaining and informative for you. Expect new episodes every Friday. So make sure you subscribe and check out my social media pages at Beauty Traducida for daily skincare content. Also, let me know if you or someone you know would like to be featured in a future episode. We would love to hear your story.